Welcome to the Crossview Church Message of the Week. We hope you enjoy the message this morning. For more information, visit us at mycrossview.com. Well, welcome this morning to Church Online to the fourth week of our I Am series together. I hope that you're finding this series helpful and inspiring your faith and learning more about the character and the nature of God. You know, I know we've said this before, but it's important for us to make these connections with Jesus on a very personal level because he's revealing himself to us in a very real way that's giving us what we need to experience being fully alive, truly and fully alive. And you'll see that that's especially true today. So far, we've looked at when Jesus said, I am the bread of life, where he said, I am the light of the world, and where he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And I'd like to start today by making a statement. We all experience this statement to be true, and that is that we are built for connection. We're built for connection with God and with each other. You know, scripture teaches this in many places. Science has proven it that we are hardwired for connection with each other, and our life experience bears this out as well. You know, we prioritize this as a church in our discipleship pathway. That third step of who we are is connecting with each other in very deep ways. We all long for a sense of belonging and connection to friends, our families, our communities, and more. We want to be understood and known, and we want to feel loved. Maybe even on a deeper level, we long to be connected to our creator who designed and made everything, including you and me. You know, often this sense, of connected, uh, this sense of connectedness, especially when we find it in God, it leads to a life of purpose and a healthy sense of who we are. Connectedness with God is identity forming. And I think this is what Jesus is trying to reinforce for his disciples and for you and me in what we're looking at today. So let's dive into this. Let's read this together. And it's from John 15. I love this passage. It's been a, a life verse, a life passage for me for a long time. And it says this, John 15, 1 through 8. I am the true vine and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch of mine that doesn't produce fruit, and he prunes the branches that do bear fruit so that they will produce even more. You have already been pruned and purified by the message I have given you. Remain in me, and I will remain in you. For a branch cannot produce fruit if it is severed from the vine, and you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. Yes, I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who remain in me, and I in them, will produce much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Anyone who does not remain in me is thrown away like a useless branch and withers. Such branches are gathered into a pile to be burned. If you, but if you remain in me and my words remain in you, you may ask for anything you want and it will be granted. When you produce much fruit, you are my true disciples. This brings great glory to my Father. Like I said, I have loved this passage for a long time. I had a professor in college uh, who would always ask me, Kyle, are you abiding in the truth? Isn't that a great question that maybe we could ask ourselves all the time? Well, that question is anchored by this passage. Now, if you'll remember last week, we were in John chapter 14 when, uh, and we commented on the fact that when Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, it was in a very intimate setting the Last Supper with his disciples. 
Well, our passage today, as Jesus tells his disciples, I am the vine, comes only one chapter later. What's fascinating about the context here is that Jesus and his disciples had likely finished their dinner together. Remember, this is the Last Supper. And they were walking on their way toward the Garden of Gethsemane, where Jesus would soon be arrested. From what we know of the place and the landscape, it's likely that as they walked, they passed some vines along the way. And it provided Jesus this moment to teach his friends something really important. So keep in mind, at this point, Judas had left Jesus at the supper to betray him, and Jesus had already told Peter that he would soon deny him in the near future. So put yourself in Jesus' shoes here. Jesus' heart is grieving these losses. He's feeling these deeply as he and the other disciples walk toward the garden together. With the pain of Judas' betrayal fresh on his mind and knowing that he was going to have to endure even more betrayal in just a few short hours with Peter, and all of this while the cross is looming just hours ahead of him, Jesus makes an important plea to his disciples and then uses this I am statement as a way to bring more depth to what he's saying. He says this, he uses this word, remain. Yes, I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Anyone who does not remain in me is thrown away like a useless branch and withers. But if you remain in me and my words remain in you, you may ask for anything you want and it will be granted. When you produce much fruit, you are my true disciples. And this brings great glory to my Father. So the key word in, verse, in verses 4 through 10 is the word remain. It occurs 10 times between verses 4 and 10. And it represents an early Hebrew word, which, which means to cling to, to hold fast, to be joined to. Now the word could be understood literally in the sense the like how our flesh clings to our bones, or also as a more it has a more emotional connotations like the close bond of love between two people. But this word also has a really cool Old Testament connection. Yes, just like the other I am statements, this one is also connected to the story of the Exodus. In fact, Moses uses the Hebrew version of this word remain with the Israelites. Moses uses the, uh, this, this word in his farewell address to the Israelites before they enter the promised land. Now keep in mind, Jesus keeps making these powerful connections to some of the most foundational moments in the history of, his, of the people of God. It's amazing. Look at what it says in Deuteronomy 10 verse 20. This is Moses speaking to the people. You must fear the Lord your God, and worship him and cling to him. Your oaths must be in his name alone. He alone is your God and the only one who is worthy of your praise, the one who has done these mighty miracles that you have seen with your own eyes. When your ancestors went down into Egypt, there they... There were only 70 of them, but now the Lord your God has made you as numerous as the stars in the sky. Deuteronomy 11:22 says this, Be careful to obey all these commands that I'm giving you. Show love to the Lord your God by walking in his ways and holding tightly to him. Deuteronomy 13, verse 4, Serve only the Lord your God and fear him alone. Obey his commands, listen to his voice, and cling to him. Isn't this incredible? Do you see it? 
Before the Israelites crossed over into the promised land, God, Moses reminded the people again and again that they had survived because they had held fast to the Lord. They kept his commandments and he's asking them to continue to do the same. Jesus, in the same vein, on the eve of his departure, just before his disciples and all humanity enter into a new promised land, the promised land of God's saving grace, Jesus uses the same word that Moses uses. Remain in me. Cling to me. Hold fast to me. Wow. This is an incredible connection. And can I ask, as we think about this, is there any of you who needs this encouragement from Jesus? Is there any aspect of your life that feels out of control or uncertain? Maybe you're angry or frustrated with a relationship or a situation. Or maybe some aspect of you is, is struggling with, with ongoing faith. And what you might need to hear this morning is to hear your creator say to you, I know it's hard, but remain, hold fast, cling to me. Because if you do, what's ahead just might be the fruitfulness that you're longing for. Stay connected to me and to your sisters and brothers. This is powerful stuff. You know, it's clear from scripture that this matters to Jesus. Look at his prayer found in John 17, verses 20 through 23. This is what's known as Jesus's priestly prayer. In fact, all of chapter 17 is. Jesus prays, I am praying not only for these disciples, but also for all who will ever believe in me through their message. I pray that they will all be one, just as you and I are one. As you are in me, Father, and I am in you. And may they be in us so that the world will believe that you sent me. I have given them the glory that you gave me so they may be one as we are one. I am in them and you are in me. May they experience such perfect unity that the world will know that you sent me and that you love them as much as you love me. Incredible. Do you realize that Jesus prayed for you and for me? That, that we would remain in the same way that the disciples were to remain, to be connected with the heart of Jesus and each other for the glory of God? So after Jesus makes this significant Old Testament connection with Moses by using this same word, which would have stuck out in the disciples, in the mind of the disciples, we find this I am statement. It's for the disciples, maybe a more contemporary metaphor. And I love when Jesus uses parables or stories or metaphors that are easy for us to get as well, don't you? And that's the case here with this metaphor of the vine and the branches. So Jesus uses this image of vines and branches to illustrate the profound principle about how he expects life and faith to work. Branches thrive and are fruitful when they are connected to the vine, right? That's easy to understand, even if you're not a gardener. There's a fence that borders the back part of our yard and is covered with vines right now. As the spring turns into the summer, the vines are beginning to bloom and eventually they'll become covered in these beautiful flower buds. Each morning I walk by that fence and this scripture comes to mind. And you can see the larger vines woven throughout the fence and on those vines are smaller branches connected to that larger vine. Now, those branches are beginning to bud, like I mentioned. It's beautiful. And in, in this most tender of moments, Jesus is reminding the disciples about how life works. Before I leave, he said, I want you to remember that I am the true vine. 
I'm the source of life. Remember the meaning of the, of the name I am from Exodus chapter 3, the one who causes to be? And if you want to experience all that I have for you, then you should remain in me. This metaphor is so powerful because it starts with the admonition to cling to Jesus and then quickly becomes about the fruitfulness of that connection. Again, John 15, verses 4 through 5. Remain in me and I will remain in you for a branch cannot produce fruit if it's severed from the vine and you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. Yes, I am the vine and you are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit for apart from me, you can do nothing. I love that the outcome of our connectedness with, connectedness with Jesus is fruitfulness. And I think it's important for us to continue to remember that, that Jesus uses the word life or the word zoe with, with many of these I am statements. Again, Jesus is teaching that real and true life can be found if we, like branches, are connected to him, the source of all life. Our Pacific Northwest Conference Superintendent, Michael Forney, wrote an article about this passage just this last week. And he commented, he said this, The vine produces the nutrients for the branches to bear fruit. Jesus makes clear that fruitfulness is not born from our competency or independent actions. It's not a result of our ingenuity or effort. It stems from and depends on our connection to Jesus. That's so well said. Look at the fruit that we're designed to produce through our connection with God. We find it in Galatians 5, through 23. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. Wow, that's pretty great stuff. That's a fairly well-known passage. But when I read Galatians 5 and, uh, and the kind of fruit that connection with Jesus produces in our lives, it's really clear to me how incapable I am on my own to consistently and abundantly produce this kind of life. Jesus also makes it clear that with the vine and the branches metaphor, that it's not always easy to follow him. As a reminder, uh, in John 15, Jesus says, I'm the true vine and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch of mine that doesn't produce fruit. And he prunes the branches that do bear fruit so that they will produce even more. You have already been pruned and purified by the message that I have given you. Remain in me and I will remain in you for such uh, for a branch cannot produce fruit if it is severed from the vine, and you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. So again, keep in mind the context as Jesus is walking with his disciples here. What, keep in mind of what's just happening, happened. Judas has just betrayed him. And maybe this is prompting Jesus to talk about branches that will soon be or have been cut off. Peter's about to deny him, possibly prompting the context for talking about the idea of pruning leading to greater fruitfulness eventually. Following is God way, God's way isn't always easy. Again, think about the setting that Jesus is headed toward the Garden of Gethsemane, about to be arrested and crucified. In just a few moments, Jesus models for us what he's asking of his disciples to do, to cling to God. You know, we've been highlighting for months the fact that even when, when, when we engage with Jesus and when the truth of the Bible begins to, we, that encounters our life, that it unsettles us. and We're convicted of our sin and the ways that we may not be living into the ways of God. At times we go through seasons that are very difficult. 
And if we can remain, we just might come out on the other side, uh, experiencing Jesus as the source of life that we needed to get through that hard time. We become changed and transformed. We then have an opportunity to partner with God, overflowing with fruit that he's produced in us, produced by Jesus through us for the glory of God. Again, Michael Forney writes this. Jesus is presenting fruitfulness here as an essential marker of a disciple. Good and in the tough times, right? No matter how new we are to faith or how long we have been following Jesus, he invites us to partner uh, into partnership to produce redemptive fruit. I love that. Jesus is inviting us into partnership in bearing fruit. This is not a burden to bear, but a joyful opportunity to participate in. Everywhere in the history where, uh, uh, where the church has captured the heart of God in this, the result has been spectacular. God always does more through our faith and obedience than we can even think or imagine, Michael writes. He gets the glory and the kingdom expands in glorious, redemptive ways. And I love that. All we have to do is lean into Jesus, look for and follow his lead in the redemptive opportunities around us, and much fruit will result. So this all starts with Jesus' admonition to remain, to hold tightly, to stay connected. And if we can do that, we understand that there's going to be difficult seasons of life. We've just come through a difficult season. And if we can do that, if we can remember that Jesus is the source of life, if we can remember that he is the vine and we are the branches, and as we stay connected to him, even though it's not always easy to follow him, what will result is the fruitfulness that we were designed for, but that comes from the very heart and life of God in us, through us, for the glory of God and the kingdom all around us. So as we end our time together this morning, it's so important for us. Maybe this is exactly what some of us need to hear. We need to hear the creator of all things say to us, remain, hold tight, cling to me. Even in the difficulty of life, we, God knows that life is not always easy. We have all had difficult experiences, difficult relationships, difficult situations. And Jesus encourages us to, rem to remain, to cling to him. And in him, through him, we can experience the fruitfulness that we were designed for, the fruitfulness that we were created for, the fruitfulness that maybe we even long to see. This is an essential marker of a disciple of Jesus. Again, acknowledging it's not easy. Remembering the context as Jesus walks with his disciples, having experienced a couple of difficult moments at the Last Supper, as he's heading toward the Garden of Gethsemane, about to be arrested and crucified. This admonition to remain. And in the remaining, we will experience fruitfulness that we were designed for. This is an incredible invitation and an incredible encouragement that we need this week today. So take some time this week. Pray and reflect. Ask God, where are areas where you need to remain and cling to God? Where are areas of potential fruitfulness that could happen if we just give our heart to Jesus, give more of ourselves to Jesus, to cling to Jesus and trust him for those results? These are good questions to ask. will help us along the way this week. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we are so thankful for this word. So thankful for the story of scripture. So thankful for the encouragement, the admonition to remain in you. So thankful for the way that you use the metaphor of the vine and the branches to teach us what it means to, uh, to live life 
uh, in you and have life from you. God, you, you set out your expectations for the way things should work. God, let, I just, for those of us, for those moments when, when we try to experience full and abundant life, but disconnected from you, please forgive us. God, help us to have that deep longing, that deep sense of being connected with you. And that it's only being connected to you like branches to the vine that we can experience the fullness of life that we were designed for. That only comes through your uh, message, your power, your life. I pray just a, a blessing for everyone this week that they will be regrafted or connected again in deep ways and experiencing just incredible life and fruitfulness through your spirit, Jesus. We love you and we praise you. We thank you for this. In your name we pray, amen. Let's continue to worship together.